And a good afternoon to you. Glad to have you with us. Finally, Friday. Thought you, you thought you never would get here, didn't you? Yeah, I'm telling you. Glad to be with you and appreciate the goodness of the Lord here on the first Friday of the month of February. Grateful to the Lord for His goodness and for His grace. Have you been watching that temperature drop? Have you been outside? Ooh, you know what's happening, don't you? <laughs> that cold air that brought that huge winter storm landing to the Ohio River Valley. That thing has, uh, yeah, it has sagged, and it is actually right in our area right now. And there is a vast difference in temperature between the mountains and the upstate. It is right here, right now. And temperatures are dropping quickly, yeah. I mean, before we talk about that, though, let me share with you about traffic and see where we are and see if we can get you home this afternoon. Again, we're grateful for you being here. 577 1296 577 1296. That's the number to get in touch with us here. We'd love to hear from you this afternoon. And uh, then you can also call us on the phone, 884 9427. Glad to do that. And uh, so uh, I certainly appreciate again, folks, uh, being here with us here this afternoon. All right, let me take it. Look here. Okay, I'm checking I 40 in the gorge. Folks heading to Pigeon Forge for the weekend. And about a mile slowdown or so. Not bad today. Not bad at all. And of course, you go down the exit ramp. They got it paved right straight across and right back up. Don't have to stop. It's just a single lane thing. And if people mind them, mind themselves and uh, behave and get over and, and follow the signs, get over in a single file, and not run up there and expect somebody to stop and let you in. And that's what stops that always. That's always what the problem is. People do not obey the signs and don't get over and don't get in single file. They think they're, what they're doing is more important. They run up past you and then they sit there and beg you to get in. Or they pull out in front of you and cut you off. And then you have to stop and it stops the whole flow. You can go through those zones, those single lane zones at 45 mile an hour if everybody would do according to the signs. But they never do. Anyway, <laughs> pet peeve. All right, I look into the city of Asheville. I think everybody went home early today because it's all looking good. No issues hardly at all. Matter of fact, I don't. it's lighter than, don't even look like a Friday afternoon. I really don't. I don't know. I, I, was just, I just refreshed to make sure I had the accurate information. And it says that I do, but uh, man, our traffic is light today. So, okay, we're not going to even, no need to talk about that. Nothing to talk about. And when we go down to Greenville, you got that one spot on I-85 South. Outside of that, you know, the normal place there at 14, uh, down to uh, 385. But that's every day, you know. So other than that, we're good. We're good to go. All right, let's let's talk about the weather. Everybody's talking about the weather. We missed it, hallelujah, and we're glad for that. Uh, we, 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 we in Transylvania County, we are under a flood warning. And this is for the river flooding, the French Broad River Valley. And then we are also under a flood advisory. And uh, so that's taking place. That's for uh, Transylvania and Henderson County. And it also goes over into Buncombe County for the, uh, uh, the French Broad River Basin. Okay. And then it will also uh, affect Cock County, Tennessee where the river cuts through, over through Marshalls, Hot Springs, come out over there, it'll affect them as well. So the whole French Broad River as it cuts through the mountains. 
and that's they're going to it's going to be flooding. All right. Now there is some leftover precipitation in our air. There's moisture in the air, and the cold temperatures are causing it to snow. And it is snowing right now in Knoxville. There's a pretty heavy band of snow just north of Pigeon Forge. Uh, if you're up around Danvidge, Dandridge, White Plains, uh, you're going to actually see that uh, that snow. Yeah, and it's a pretty good little, I mean, it's not going to mount a whole lot, but it is, uh, it's going to, it's going to snow for until it, it gets all this out of the atmosphere. So let's look at temperature differentials. So let's just pick a town. So let's let's go to Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville's at 36 downtown right now, 36. If we come to Asheville and come to the Asheville airport, uh, the airport right now is at 40. Okay, so you see the, there's 36 in Knoxville, 40 in Asheville. If we drop down to Greer, 56, 16 degree differential. See what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, big time. And it's running right down the Blue Ridge. It's where that temperature differential is. It's really neat to watch it because in like in North Georgia, they're in the 40s and 30s. But right across the line in Walhalla, they're 56. Pickens, 57. But uh, if you just, I mean, Highlands is at 40. Uh, Topton's at 39. Robbinsville's at 37. Bryson City, that's a, is that Bryson? That's Whittier. 27. Ah, it's not that cold, is it? Goodness. Anyway, that's, well, that, that might, might be a little off, but 30s is consistent for the western end of the state. And now go the other side, uh, where we are, we're in the 40s. Now drop off the mountain. Uh, Rutherford and Lake James, 59, 61 in Forest City, 60s all down toward, yeah, and all down I-85. But, uh, yeah, that thing is right on top of us, and it is sagging south. And with it, a cold night. Yeah, a cold night. And uh, so we're looking, uh, and this is, uh, all right, so bum, 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 bum wrong place so let me see if i can yeah here we go let me see if i can bring up there we go right place there we are so we have a the flood situation here in the county uh tonight we're looking at 23 so they've revised it upward a little bit they originally said we're going to be down maybe in the teens but tonight 23 it's going to feel cold north northeast wind around seven miles per hour tomorrow north wind five to seven and the high tomorrow is 39, and tomorrow night the low around 20. Now, um, I, I hate to be, <laughs> I, I hate to, you know, always do this, but I, I really, I, I just want folks to understand that we are blessed, and, uh, and I believe that. I believe that we are blessed. And so, I, I, you know, and so, so everybody says, well, you're always talking about what could have happened. Well, it could have, all right? It could have. If you look, we had 2.82 inches of rain in the gauge this morning when they emptied it. We had 0.96 yesterday morning when they emptied it. So that's four inches. Uh, yeah, so we had about four inches of rain officially here at the studio, just shy of four inches. And if the temperatures, if it had been 
if that same amount of precipitation had hit us tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow night, and Sunday, instead of Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, like it did, you're talking about snowfall of epic proportions. The estimated snowfall of a storm with the temperatures that we have, with a storm of that magnitude, you would have been somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four feet of snow. Somebody said, well, how can you know that? We melt snow around here. It, we're required to. As a part of the National uh, Climatic Data Center and the National Weather Service Observation Station, we actually have to collect snow in a certain thing that they furnish. We collect it. In other words, it snows in this device. And then we bring it inside, and we melt it. We measure it, then we bring it inside, we melt it, we pour it up into measuring devices, into tents. We know exactly how much. And we have to turn that in. And uh, it's our experience that around here, snow is about 1 to 10. So if it's an inch of rain, it's about 10 inches of snow. But with temperatures as cold as we're going to be tonight and tomorrow night, uh, you're talking about 12 to 16 inches of snow per one inch of rain. So do you see what I'm talking about, the, the formula that I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. And so uh, we are, we're glad <laughs> that it didn't quite time itself like, uh, you know, like it, for the, first, the first glimpses of it thought it was going to. And it, it's the way that it hit. It was a more of the Ohio River Valley uh, storm. Uh, did not it, it snowed in Amarillo, Texas. It snowed in northern Texas, but didn't really do much in Dallas, and it stayed high, and so it came across that way, kept us out of that freezing. Could be a whole different story this afternoon if things had been just a little bit different in timing. Yeah, in timing, but we're glad it, it worked out like it did. All right, well, we're glad you're with us this afternoon on the fourth day of February. The listener's portion today is sponsored by JMJ Tomato. Thanking God for his many blessings and for the blessing of WGCR Anchor Broadcasting given to the community, bringing light, hope, and comfort to a dark world. Brother Page, thank you for doing that. And we think of your sweet wife often. And glad you're feeling better, brother. God bless you. Thank you so much. Our network budget today is sponsored by Dwayne and Janya Earwood. It's in honor of Pastor Royal Walter at the Fletcher First Baptist Church. Dwayne and Janya are glad the Lord brought them together. They've been married two and a half years, and God has blessed them. And they say, if you can't trust God with everything, then you can't trust God with anything. And I say, amen. Thank you. We appreciate the Earwoods standing with us here today at Anchor Broadcasting. We're only 23 days away from Sherathon 2022. Please pray for the video staff as they send the signal through the streaming platform and that uh, we'll be able to broadcast. A lot of folks will be able to tune in and listen. And of course, uh, even, well, I, I said that. Let me, let me say it this way. Uh, our streaming platforms include, uh, obviously, Apple on the audio platform and then anything that's Android on your phones. A lot of people don't know that you, we also are on television. We have TV apps. So if you have a smart television or if you have a smart device in your television, 
uh, we are on Google Television. We are on the Fire Stick. We have an app. And so you can actually download Anchor Broadcasting's app on, from Fire Stick, from Google. You can download us on Apple. We are on the Apple, and that was a hard one to get. So from the Apple Store, you can download on your television the, the Anchor Broadcasting app, Anchor Broadcasting Network app, and we're on Roku. And I'm just going to be fair with you. You can sit and watch us on television just like you were here. Pretty neat. Uh, as a matter of fact, when you download the app, you get the radio signal, you get the music channel, you get the preaching channel, and you get the video channel. And uh, you can take that app and you can click on it and you can watch services live. So when when Sherathon gets here, of course, the morning we start Sherathon, everything switches over. So if you're on uh, preaching, uh, on music, on video, all that carries us. So, so we there's 51 weeks a year we broadcast all these different stuff. But for seven days, we simulcast everything. Everything's the same. Uh, so that on our, all platforms, people know that we're in Sherathon. And, uh, yeah, so plenty of ways to watch and listen. On your computer, on your iPad or your tablet, on your phone, oh, yeah, on your television. And so, yeah, we're glad to have folks right now getting ready. We have people going out and buying this stuff simply for the purpose to see Sherathon. And we're glad and we're glad for that. Thank you so very much. Before I go any further, let me just make mention, uh, we have lost a couple of folks this week that, that I wanted to mention and that have meant a great deal to me personally. Uh, this, this week, Brother Al Plemons went home to be with the Lord. And uh, Brother Plemons is, uh, uh, he's, a, he's a fixture in the upper end of the county. He was a big part of the Cattlemen's Association. He was very heavily involved in soil and water conservation. And he was a friend to a lot of folks. And he and Miss Betty have been a blessing uh, for many years. And we are saddened uh, at his home going. And I am honored to have a part of his service at First Baptist on Sunday afternoon where he was a member, and then uh, the burial will be at uh, uh, Hillside Cemetery there in Waynesville, right as you get off of uh, the uh, expressway. And uh, we'll be having that graveside on Monday at 2 o'clock, and uh, our, our, uh, the Johnson family will be singing at both services. And I appreciate Bible Baptist. I uh, appreciate Pastor David Reed and the folks at Bible Baptist. They are loaning us uh, their fellowship hall. They're right there beside the cemetery, uh, Garrett Cemetery, I believe is the name of it, Garrett Hillside. And so we're going to be able to feed the family there at their, in Waynesville at their fellowship hall. And we, we appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I appreciate Brother Reed and uh, his, his dear wife and their family. And, of course, appreciate so much Bible Baptist Church, and so thank you for doing that. And uh, a great honor, I will add, to be asked to be a part of that service. I mean, I honestly thought they'd get somebody like Franklin Graham uh, to do it. And uh, uh, I mean, Brother Brother Plymouth was that well known, 
uh, he was involved in so many different things. And uh, but uh, he he was retired vice president of Lowe's. He uh, was uh, was involved in politics and uh, was a statesman. And so uh, he will be missed. And we hope that you will pray for Kim and Scott and Miss Betty and pray for the family and all the grandkids. Okay. Also this week, we were sad at the home going of Miss Ann Mullinax. Miss Ann was the first lady, I reckon, of this area. She was probably uh, the oldest pastor's wife uh, that, uh, of course, very well known. Uh, her and Brother Buddy have just been fixtures uh, as in Western North Carolina as well as the upstate and even in Virginia. And so uh, we, we just appreciate her memory. And uh, her and Brother Buddy have been married 74 years. you imagine that? 74 years. And in the Lord good, yeah, I tell you what. And so uh, uh, we, uh, yeah, we just appreciate them very, very much. And uh, that, uh, uh, that service, it will be uh, tomorrow. Uh, from 12 to 1, and uh, that will be the visitation, I guess it will be. The visitation is 12 to 1 tomorrow, and then that service begins at 1. But the Philip Luther and then Jason Mullinax and Jerry Mullinax will be officiating that. And so that's that's the grandson, son and grandson will be, be officiating in that. So, Amama, I tell you, we're bearing our heritage, and... Uh, my heart's touched with that, I tell you. I, I mean that. My heart's touched. And uh, one of these days, folks, one of these days, your name's going to be read. And mine is, too. If the Lord don't come, one of these days, your name's going to be read at, at 515. It will. Are you ready? Because it's coming. Whether you're ready or not, it's coming. All right. Let me uh, do a roll call right quick and welcome Augusta, Georgia, Bathurst, New Brunswick, Canada. And I wonder how much snow they got out of this deal. We always appreciate our listeners at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. God bless you. Thank you, guys. And uh, appreciate that very much. And, of course, uh, Marines and Marine Corps, God bless you. Uh, Columbia, Fort Mill, Gaffney, South Carolina. Gordon, Nebraska, that's out on the reservation. And then uh, Greer, South Carolina, Hendersonville, North Carolina, Joplin, Missouri, Lexington, Kentucky, Los Angeles, California, Madison, Wisconsin, the capital, Marcellus, Illinois, Minamani Falls, Wisconsin, Morrisville, North Carolina, Plymouth, Minnesota, Raleigh, North Carolina, Richmond, Indiana, Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, St. Louis, Missouri. Glad to have you on board. We're glad to have the continent of Europe. We don't know exactly where, but we know they're lit up. And we're also White Plains, New York, and Wichita, Kansas. How much snow did you get in Wichita? How much did you get in White Plains out of this lasting? Yeah, pretty, 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 pretty big, wasn't it? Yeah. And 577-1296, you can answer me just by texting on that, okay? All right, and so we're glad for you being with us here this afternoon. Wow. Uh, <laughs> what about that? Uh, seeing some pictures. 
uh, a storm, winter storm Landon in northern Arkansas, two and a, uh, 0.25 inches of ice and between 8 and 10 inches of snow and single-digit temperatures for two days, and right now it has warmed up to 28 degrees. Wow, a nurse sheltering in place since Wednesday. My, my, my. Yeah, I know. Well, the key to this storm was it's one thing to have snow, it's another thing to have ice, but then to have these super, super cold temperatures to come in behind it. That happened to us here in 93, and it, we were paralyzed. And with all the power outages and with as cold as it got, it got dangerous for as long as it was because it, I mean, it stayed out and stayed out and stayed out. It was bad. It was real bad. We call it the storm of the century here. Uh, yeah, that March storm in 1993. Appreciate uh, 4412. God bless Israel. Pastor Barton and Anchor Broadcasting. Thank you. And uh, I think this was earlier. Said so for some reason the live video on Facebook isn't working. I don't think I had anybody show up. I think's what happened. But they're here now, so I think that's what's going on. I think I don't think we were on earlier. All right, Garrett Hillcrest. Yeah, that's the name of it. Garrett Hillcrest in Waynesville. Folks, this afternoon that have found us, Gary, Mary, Ann, and Daryl. Glad to have you all with us. And uh, area code, yeah, I should do that. 828, that's Western North Carolina. 828-577-1296. 828-577-1296. That puts you in touch with us here at uh, Anchor Broadcasting. Comes right into my iPad here. And so we are glad to see you, glad to hear from you. Um, I, as I walked into the studio... One of our registered nurses, who is a part of our consultation team, medical consultation, consultation, I was spending some time throwing some things back and forth with her, and I'm interested in, I had to get her to, to, to translate for me, um, I read the Journal for the American Medical Association, but I spend more time looking up words than I do and looking up abbreviations than I do understanding what I'm reading, and uh but uh, there's a little bit of a buzz in the Journal of American Medical Association. There was a study group done, and the study group was basically in three groups. And they asked, first of all, if you know that you have had COVID and you have had a positive test, I think it was a positive PCR test, actually, we want you to come in and we want to, ch- want to test you for antibodies. And so that group came in. And then a second group, they said, well, you think you had it, but you don't know for sure. So they brought that group in and tested them. And then they said, we want some people who, who they, you've not had it, and you know you've not had it, but we want you to come be tested anyway. And so they tested them. Here's what they found. This is in a cross-sectional study. Now, and here's the, here's, here is my key point for this, okay? The cross-sectional study of unvaccinated U.S. adults, antibodies, or anti-RBD, okay, levels, uh, were detected in 99% of the individuals who reported a positive COVID-19 test result. But here's the interesting part of that. 1% that had COVID and got a positive test don't have antibodies. 
But that's happening with the shot as well. There are people who get the shot who do not develop antibodies. That's why I keep saying that if we're going to do this scientifically, we need to be studying antibodies and not a little white card to see how many times you've been jabbed in the arm. We need to be talking about antibodies. I shared with you yesterday that Israel is now doing a nuclear test, uh, nu- nuclear uh, nucleic acid, what, what I say it was. Anyway, they're, they're doing the test. Uh, they do it here. Israel will give you a 190-day free pass to come to Israel, vaccinated or not, if you have that test. As a matter of fact, they don't care how you got it as long as you have those antibodies. And so, and that's, and you can actually get that at CVS in Hendersonville. So how do you know? One of my guys just went and got it. He's sick. He's got COVID. He found out, though, that Israel is honoring for 190 days. They honor that from the test date, 190 days. So he ran to Hendersonville, got tested, and sure enough, uh, of course, we knew he was positive. He came back positive. But now he's got a free pass to Israel for 190. That's over six months. My point is Israel's doing it scientifically. They're not trusting a little white card that can be easily be duplicated with a pharmacist signature or initials on it. They're trusting blood work, which I've said from the beginning that you know they they rec- some 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 jobs some situations they're requiring proof. But I've said all along, if you can prove you have antibodies. I think there's a lawsuit there. I think there's. I think if you get fired because you refused to take the shot and yet you proved that you had antibodies and you showed them the proof and they wouldn't accept it, I think there's room for a lawsuit right there because that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about whether or not you have a little white card in your pocket. We're talking about do you have antibodies. And by the way, the medical community that was all forced to get it, well, we understand it. We want to know if they've got antibodies. So that they're not carrying it. Of course we do. Anyway, let's go back to the study. Cross-sectional study of unvaccinated U.S. adults. Antibodies were detected in 99% of individuals who reported a positive COVID-19 test result. But 1% didn't. They didn't have antibodies. In 55% of the people who said, we believe we had COVID, uh, 55, and they, but they never got tested, 55% of those people had antibodies. But here's the interesting one. Of the group of people who said, we, we've never had it, 11% of them had antibodies. Now, these are the people who said, I've never been sick. I've never had it. I know I haven't. 11% of them came back with positive antibodies. Explain that. Well, how do you explain it? Apparently, they were asymptomatic. They had it and didn't know it. I mean, it, it may, there may be another explanation, but that would be the first one that comes to mind. But that's not all. That's not the groundbreaking news of this. Here is the groundbreaking news: the anti-RBD levels. Now, let me tell you what that means. Anti-receptor binding domain, and this is the residual after a virus, and so this is done at the molecular level. And they, they take your blood, they, they check it, and they look for this anti-R, 
BD level. And they did this in this whole study group that they tested. And they have now found that there are people who they had COVID 20 months ago. They have not been vaccinated and they still have the antibodies. Previously, six months was what they were saying. Six months was the durability data. And now this is, this is not in uh, the Enquirer. This is in the Journal of the American Medical Association was released yesterday. The most, most revered, I mean, it is one of the most revered medical um, periodicals in the world. And they say that natural antibodies are now being clocked as much as 20 months. And we were told there ain't no way they'll go past six. I wish that, I mean, I didn't, but I should have. I should have gotten tested because it's been over a year. But I'm pretty sure I've still got them. So I said, why? Because I've been exposed three times and still haven't got it. I've been on three different quarantines in the past uh, 34 days, 35 days. I've been quarantined three times, close contact with staff that had it. Didn't know it 48 hours prior. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, 20 months, up to 20 months. So that's a pretty big deal. So what's, what's the takeaway out of this? People who have not had COVID and have not had symptoms, 11% of those tested had the antibodies. Of those that had had the test, knew they were positive, and got tested for antibodies, there's 1% of the people didn't have antibodies, even though they had it, for sure had COVID, they don't have any antibodies. But then of those who had antibodies, had COVID and had antibodies, therefore they have a date, they know how long ago it was, up to 20 months ago, and they still have antibodies. And these are people who have not been vaccinated in addition to the, uh, in addition to, you know, having it, they've not been vaccinated. So wanted to share that with you this afternoon. So I said, well, what, what agenda are you pushing? I'm not pushing an agenda. I'm sharing information. I'm trying to find things that you don't hear on the drive-by networks, you know? Yeah. All right. And uh, did I mention Diana Maxwell's having a birthday today? If I didn't, happy birthday, Diana. God bless you. And many more happy returns. All right? And uh, I, I mean, let's go to the text line here. All right, let me uh, let me see here. Uh, okay, so uh, I, and I'm I'm talking to one of my medical advisors here out in Arkansas, and I yep. What's the yep in reference to? All right, so I'll, I'll come back to you. All right, and uh, okay, the video on Facebook is running, but there's no sound. At first, there was no video. So, still? Is that still a current thing? Do we not have sound? Okay, we're in a, we're in a learning curve here. I got some, got some folks that are stepped in trying to get this thing to work. Glad to see Joel. Glad to see uh, Nick. Good to see you. Glad to see Dave. Mabuha. 
And uh, yeah, glad to have all you guys with us. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, and I was gonna, and I was. That's a good point. Israel, they're on their fourth rounds of shots, fourth round, and uh, their COVID, they were up. I was checking this week. I think they had over a thousand cases one day this week. Yeah. Uh, over a thousand cases in the country, active cases in the country, and but they're on their fourth. They're doing. Uh, I think they have approved. I think I saw four Pfizer's. Is what they have been approved for. I believe it's Pfizer. The one that I've been watching with great curiosity is AstraZeneca. We don't know anything about that one here, but that is the chimpanzee cold virus that is being used as the uh, medium to transmit the vaccine. Yeah, they use the, the cold virus from the chimpanzee, and they have been using that in the vaccine, and it mimics COVID. It is, they, I don't know what they did to it, but apparently we don't, we don't get it. And so they have found, I can't think of the term, uh, zoo something anyway they they have found it's the latin term but it's transzood something 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 that uh yeah that's what astrazeneca used and they're on the campus of oxford university they're the ones uh said uh said my wife had three shots and covid twice said i wonder how many times she'll have covid yeah i know i my daughter had uh She's had two shots and two bad rounds of COVID. She had Wuhan and she's had Delta. She hasn't had um, Omicron, interestingly enough. Yeah. The last, how much, I, the last numbers I saw that if you had Wuhan, you were about 75, there was about a 75% likelihood that you wouldn't get Delta. But those are old numbers. That was when Delta was rolling last, what, about August, when it was rolling so bad. Yeah, there's about 25% of what they call breakthroughs and about 75% that you wouldn't get Delta. But I know a lot of people who did. I know a lot of people in that 25% range who do. Crash on I-26 West past the Parkway Bridge uh, before Asheville. Traffic is backed up almost to the airport again. This is on the westbound side. Thank you, thank you, thank you for telling us that. I have been looking at Greenville. Didn't even see it. Oh, I found it. Yep, there it is. Actually, it's on both sides now. So, yep, it's passed up. Yeah, my goodness. Uh, backed up all. Okay, so it, it is just about stopped, too. So westbound, I-26, it is coming to a screeching halt. It is right there at the river, just before the river, Everybody on the other side can see it, so the eastbound is slow, and the westbound is just crawling, okay? Uh, can I share this with you? If you're in a car and you want to jump off, there's a couple of ways around it. I uh, take 146, if you can hit that, get off on 146, and uh, then hit 191 if you're going to go west, and then if not, go out and hit 25 if you're going to go east. And that'll put you around this wreck. Otherwise, you're going to be there a while. It looks like it's backing up fast. 
And so, yeah, it is quickly backing up. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. It's backed up the other way, back up to 191. But again, it has, has just happened because the side roads are not are not bad. So uh, now's a good time. This is one of those times to be a good time to jump off and pick up 146 east or west and then grab either a one either a 191 or 25 or 25A and uh, put, on, put on which way you're going. All right? Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Good to see Joseph and Jewel. Thank you. God bless you. Y'all got sound. Okay, good. Sound is back. All right, great. All right. The... Uh, uh, there is uh, the the Veterans Administration. They are doing right now a similar study to this one that I just read to you in the Journal of American Medical Association. They're calling back all the veterans, and uh, they're running a similar study. And so they are testing antibodies in the ICU COVID survivors, those that survived but were ICU patients, and now they are testing them to see what their antibodies, how their antibodies are doing at the different intervals. Yeah. So, so the so Veterans Administration's hospital system is conducting a study doing the very same thing. Yeah. What's well, encouraging? 20 months? I'll take it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, someone says, uh, 1497 says, I got COVID in September 2020. Been exposed several times since New Year's, but haven't got COVID again. Well, <clears throat> high likelihood you'll get Omicron. And I know what uh, Mr. Biden is telling everybody, and there may be merit in it, but I can tell you this, that there, we are, we're just now, and I say that, I don't even know if it's released. It's out, but I don't know that it's out of the clinical trials. A vaccine booster that is specifically addresses Omicron. Now, again... AstraZeneca in Europe had it within about two weeks of the Omicron variant becoming popular. Pfizer said, they said it's going to take us two months, and right now we're in that time frame. Moderna, their CEO, made some real dismal statements about their ability to fight it and about crashed their stock one day. He lost 5.9% in one day. From his statements. So, uh, yeah, I guess he's trying to play down hopes of the investors. I don't know. But uh, it did. <laughs> it did. It, play, it, it sure did. It, it played down their hopes big time. But, uh, yeah, anyway. And then, of course, the COVID pill. And that's the one I keep waiting on. You realize this whole shot thing will go away. Think about it. If you go to the urgent care and you have COVID, especially Omicron, and they quickly give you the pill, I think it's a couple of pills, a couple of days, whatever, and you take it, and within 24 hours, yours is gone, and now you have the super antibodies from having Omicron, and they say that if you have the antibodies from Omicron, you won't be susceptible to the others previous. So they're saying... That's what they keep calling it, super antibodies, because the ones in Omicron seems to be better than Delta or Wuhan for America. So I think the whole shot regiment goes away if all you have to do is go to the urgent care, get the pill, take it, 
and now you, especially if you got 20, 20 months of antibodies, yeah, I think it will greatly change the playing field on this whole discussion. At least I hope it does. How about that? Yeah, just, uh, uh, yeah, okay. All right. Well, let me tell you, I, I, let me tell you an honor I had today. I, I've just been a good day. Well, I tell you, God's been so good. I had the honor today of speaking at a pastor's conference just outside of Caracas, Venezuela, by way of video. And I had uh, a group of pastors from the central part of the country of Venezuela there today. And uh, our listeners helped us with what I call Project 8000. And each one of the pastors got up and presented themselves. And, of course, I had the list of their names, been praying for them, but I got to meet many of them today. There are 74 pastors. 31 of them were in this meeting in this particular part of the country today. We had prepared them a nice meal. And, of course, they don't get good food and all they want of it. And so we prepared a good meal for them. Each one of them got up, introduced themselves, and it was blessing because I was able to say, oh, you pastor Faith Baptist or you pastor Good News Baptist because I had the list. Of course, I'm speaking through a translator. My Spanish is not enough to where I can I talk like a two-year-old. So I can understand part of what they say, but they talk so fast. Venezuelans talk kind of like Cubans, I mean, really fast. And it's, it's difficult uh, for me to catch it all. But uh, they all got to introduce themselves. And then we had prepared the money that y'all gave. We had got it exchanged into $100 bills, brand new $100 bills. And we had an envelope made that said Mission Epaphroditus and Philippians 2.20 and then 2.25 on the envelope. And so I had Levi read those scriptures in Spanish. And then I asked uh, the our, our leader there, Brother Whitfield Centennial, I asked him to, if he would, lead the group in reading and reciting Philippians 4.19. So the entire group read it out loud together, Philippians 4.19. And I said, of course, you know what it says. For my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I said, open your envelope. And when they opened their envelopes, they found a brand new $100 bill from America. And I'm telling you the truth. You ought to have been there. <laughs> it was holy ground. Oh, was it good. Oh, my soul, was it good. And not only the $100 bill, but, and of course, several of the boys I know, we've been in meetings with them and cried together and wept together and Oh, my soul, I just can't tell you what, what God did when we've been together in meetings in South America. But, uh, of course, you know, I can't go to, you know, Americans can't go to Venezuela. It's not safe. Communist rule country. And they're about to starve to death. The average wage is $5 per month. That's the average wage per month. And the prices there are almost as much as they are here. No, I'm serious. You won't believe this, but it cost us $2 per person put on that meal and they make five a month and it costs us two dollars to put on a decent meal yeah you think well if five dollars a month it only costs pennies to feed them uh-uh no 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 it cost us two dollars and we cooked it our people cooked it and yeah, it was two dollars a head 
and that's that's at five dollars a month. So a hundred dollar bill was huge for them. And then I shared with them. I said, not only that, I said, but our church is taking each of you on for twenty five dollars per month. And of course, they were just thrilled. And the senior pastor of the group, Brother Nieta, got up and on behalf of the group thanked us. And we were so excited. As, as the guys got up, each one, everybody applauded as they got their envelopes. And so I stood there and applauded. They could see me and I could see them. And I applauded for each one of them. And uh, it was so neat because I, I knew them from the list. And I'd say, okay, you pastor this. And how's your daughter? And, and the ones I knew, how, how's your daughter's foot? And we talked about personal things. One of our dear pastors, we sent money down for cancer surgery. And he told me his wife had died five months ago. We were able to love on him just a minute. There, you know, there's a long line, but we were able to love on him a minute over the video conference and uh, try to encourage him. It was awesome. And so I told them about the $100 bill, and they opened that, and it was thrilling. The second thing I did was I said, we're taking you on for $25, each of you, all, all of you, are now going to be supported for $25 a month and through our, through our board. And then I told them one other thing and I'm just going to leave this out open. I said, and if you'll send me a video, each one of you will do a video. Tell us who you are. Tell us about your family. Tell us about your work. Tell us about your economic situations. Tell us about your goals, your visions, your dreams, your ministries. Tell us, tell us about yourself. A little deputation video. Send it to me. And I said, then I'm going to start sharing those videos with some pastor friends. And I'm going to ask them to partner with you. So for $300 a year, a year, $25 a month, you could take on a Venezuelan pastor and could literally put food on his table, literally put food on his table. So I said, why is that so important? I've done a lot of disaster work for over 30 years. And the one thing that I've found, if you want the pastor to help you, and if you want to work through a local church, first thing you do when you go in is you secure that pastor. You get his house secure, you get him a place to sleep, you get his family taken care of, because he's not going to be worth killing to you if he's overwhelmed with the needs of his own family. And it, it, is, the, it is the heart of a pastor to put his needs and his family's needs last and put his congregation, his sheep's need first. It's, a, it's an instinct, okay? But we have found that he cannot be effective to his congregation until at first you get his family secure. And once he's secure and once his wife has a place and, and, and their nest is back intact, now he's a great tool to you. But you got to do that. And it is our absolute sworn obligation. When we go into a disaster zone, the pastor's first. His house gets taken care of first. And it may not be a house. Maybe he's in a Sunday school room, but we get it squared away. Then we move on. Now he can help us because we need his help desperately. And so I tried to explain to these boys today, that's not for your members. That's not for your ministry. That is for your family. 
And if we can get them enough to survive, where that they're not out here having to scrape and gravel and, and work, you know, odd jobs and all these things, you know, some of them are working three jobs and trying to pastor, just trying to put food on the table. And even then they're eating beans and rice is all they're getting. So if we can get them some food, we can get their family secure, they can get back to the gospel and they can get back to putting their full focus into evangelism and into edification of those that get saved. So there are not too many people support anybody in Venezuela. It's the second poorest country in the world right now. Very few churches have, have missionaries in Venezuela because they're all gone. They all left. The Americans got kicked out. But now we have these Venezuelan pastors who are trying to survive, and their people are not working, and so the ties are not coming in, and so they're in a mess. They are in a mess. They're, they're all, I mean, some of them are just about to starve. You couldn't believe how much weight some of them have lost since I last saw them. When I saw them today, I was shocked. They look like they've been sick. You know how they'll drop in your face and stuff? You know, hey, you know how when you see somebody, look like they've been sick? That's what it looked like. So I'm just going to throw it out to pastors. For just $25 a month, you could adopt a church and a pastor in Venezuela. For just 25 bucks. And, I mean, be life-changing to them. And so we'll talk more about that in the days, as the days go forward. Here it's called Operation Venezuelan Hope, administered through Anchor Baptist Missions International. There it's called Mission Epaphrodito, Epaphroditus, in uh, Philippians 2.25. Yeah. So, hallelujah. It's been a good day. I mean... They asked me to pray over the food, and I took my shoes off because I felt like I was on holy ground. I did. It was that good. <laughs> oh, yeah. And to be able to lead an international group like that and to have, I mean, men that love the Lord, straight as a gun barrel, doctrine, and, and but they're hurting. I mean, they're hurting. And so we've got some... We've got some high goals for the future of what the Lord's going to do. We're, we're, we're confident God hasn't done all this uh, to not supply the need. I don't know exactly how he's going to do it, but I know he's going to. Amen? I know he's going to. Let me go back to that wreck. They've got it off the side of the road now, and it is getting a little better. On I-26 westbound, you are still got slow spots, but it's moving so the good news is it's moving. I-26 westbound, If I at this point, I wouldn't get off. Clayton Road's backed up now. Uh, yeah, trying to get on 191. I wouldn't get off at this point. I'd wait her out. Yeah, it's going to break up. You'll be all right. So I, I, well, so I tell me that after I've been sitting here for an hour. Well, I, I know, but I didn't see it in time. I'm sorry. I appreciate somebody letting me know. And uh, thank you. And the last wreck is off the shoulder on the left-hand side. Thank you. And uh, two wrecks at I-26 West. One about two-tenths of a mile down the hill from the Blue Ridge Parkway on the original wreck is at the river. Thank you. I appreciate that update. God bless you. Uh, good to see David and Daryl. Thank you. Amen. Appreciate all of you. Yeah, listen, I can't, I can't talk much about it. I get tore up. Son, I'm telling you. One of the boys, 
had them all come up and ask questions, and then we had conversations with all of them. One of the boys was with me in Bogota. He said, Preacher, I've never experienced anything like Bogota. And I said, oh, son, you're looking at another one. Don't, hey, what God did in Bogota is, I said, when I, this is what I told him. I said, when I'm an old man and I don't know my name, when you say the word Bogota, I said, I'll come alive if I've got any brains at all in my head. Because what God did in Bogota was past the mind, the will, the emotion. It was past the physical. It was past the emotional. What God did in Bogota was absolutely unbelievable. Supernatural, spiritual. God did it. I say, bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. And again, thank God for his mercy and for his grace. Thank you so much for being on board. I'm Pastor Randy Barton. Uh, we're going to pray, and then uh, we've got sign-off coming up for the AM. Our Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you for all your blessings. Thank you for your goodness this good week, this good day. Lord, you've been so good to us. Lord, we don't deserve it. Father, I pray that you'd provide for these many Venezuelan pastors who are in need of somebody to come on, come up on alongside of them. And Lord, I pray that you'd help them. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them. Lord, they are ministering in a very difficult situation. And Lord, would you honor their efforts. Multiply, Lord, what little they have. And Lord, give them grace and to be excited about the things of God. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We give you glory for all that you've done, for all that you've given, for all that you've forgiven. Lord, we bless you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. I'm Pastor Randy Barton. Until we meet again, whether on the air or in the air, may God richly bless you is our prayer.